sleeping on the job back there. His last name might be Zavatsky. I don't know. Amen. Uh, but uh, amen. It, uh, that's all right. I'll, I'll stay on here until you, until you get to me. Amen. And uh, with appreciate our young men that work back there. And uh, by the way, uh, just this week, I, I uh, met, matter of fact, I was talking to a, a hospice nurse uh, when we were sitting with Mrs. Howland after Brother Hugh had passed, and a sweetheart of a, of a lady, and she said to me, she, she mentioned that her mother goes to a different church here in town, and she said, but she, she watches your service every week. And first, first thing I thought, number one, was why? That's, you know, it's just me as a preacher. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Amen. I know the people here love me, but, uh, but then I was so blessed to think about that is because we have young men back there that are making sure it's streaming and making sure the sound's working. And, and I, I so appreciate uh, the, those that give up their service uh, to be able to do things like that. And appreciate Brother Bryce, obviously. I don't think he's here today, but uh, heading that up, and uh, we appreciate those that, that do the media. Well, a couple weeks back now, we, uh, we're in Psalm 84. By the way, tonight's message is our 18th out of Psalms. That's really hard to believe. We started in January and just been uh, going on. We're, we're moving through, and we'll, we'll see how long it goes. Amen. Really, uh, I didn't, didn't have any definite plan as far as I want to do 20 lessons or you know, 30 or whatever, just like, let's, let's just meander through the Psalms. But we looked at the subject out of Psalm chapter 84, uh, behold, uh, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And we looked at a doorkeeper, a doorkeeper, somebody who holds the door. Matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was greeting folks out there. I think Brother Stark and I were out there in the uh, glass enclosure, and, and somebody said, look at you, you're pretty good at holding that door. And I immediately quoted Psalm 84, verse 10. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And we talked about how doorkeeper was probably not on the list of uh, uh, prime occupations for young people. Young Israelites didn't say, oh, I want to be a doorkeeper. Because we, we talked about it, doorkeepers are unappreciated. They're unnoticed, they're unacknowledged, they're unrecognized. And praise God, by the way, for doorkeepers, for people who do it for the Lord and love the Lord and serve the Lord, you know what else they are? They're unaffected by all of that. Tell you what, young people, if you'll get something down now, it'll serve you the rest of your life. Whatever you do, do it because you love Jesus. Amen. Don't do it for the praise of men because there'll be times where you won't receive praise. Don't do it for the pat on the back because there'll be times not only you'll not get a pat on the back, you'll get a kick in the pants. But if you do it for Jesus, you'll keep doing it the rest of your life. Amen. Don't you just love a good story. You know, one of the most precious parts of raising our children in this tech age of mindless video games and even more, or I guess we'd say less, mindless videos and devices and all that, is each day in our home, my precious wife reads out loud to our children. She's done that since they were small and has helped each one of them to learn to read. But 
She reads, as a matter of fact, I, was, I meant to ask you, Blondie, for a, a stack of books I could have up here and, and uh, uh, just think of the books that she has read to our children during that reading time. Just reading, I, I don't know what it is, uh, 20 minutes every day or uh, whatever, but she's, she's read them classics, stories of courage, sacrifice, virtue. She's, she's read them stories of harsh reality. I think of one of the uh, characters that uh, Katia likes is a, a character named Kit, and it's during the Great Depression. That's, that's heavy stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Breadlines, you know, Hoovervilles, the, the little shanties that they used to make there where people... Uh, and so I uh, think about that, and, and inspiration, of course, and I, am, I, I do not like to read, which is hilarious if you walk into my office and you see all those books, and, you know, and people will say, well, Pastor, have you read all these books? And Brother Ewald, my stock answer is, well, I've read some of them twice. I haven't read them all once, but I've read some of them twice, amen? And, uh, but I really don't like to read. Like, some people enjoy reading. Some people, how many of you enjoy reading? Raise your hands. Oh, wonderful. How many of you are like me? You don't. Yeah, amen. But here's what I've learned as a pastor, whether I enjoy reading or not, Brother Boston, I've got to read. I get, number one, I've got to read my Bible. Amen. But number two, I need to, I need to prepare messages. I need to, to read and, and, and be up on things. But I, I think about how, I, and I wish I was more disciplined in this area of my life, but don't get me wrong, I read I don't think one can be a preacher, really a good preacher of the Word of God and not read. But I think about the value of good stories, the right kind of stories. A couple of years ago, uh, I got Blondie a Christmas present, and it was to, to see, uh, she had wanted to for years, wanted to see Les, Les Miserables, and uh, you know, at first I'm kind of like, uh, you know, that's, Brother Trav, that's the way I feel about culture in general, you know, I like, oh, forget it, you know, <laughs> who cares? But she wanted to do it, and I said, you know, I, I, you know, it'll help me, and I'll be a blessing to her, and she'll be happy, and happy wife is happy husband, and all God's husband said, amen. So we went, and I really got a taste of that story. Anybody in here ever read Les Miserables? It's a 1,500-page book. Amen. 1,500 pages. Okay? It's a huge book. But that story is such a great story. And, and Carrie and I were talking about this. It's such a great story that, you know, th that term is, you know, the miserable, that you could make a Broadway play out of the miserable and make millions of dollars. Amen? It's an amazing story of destitution. Jean Valjean steals apples. And he gets justly prosecuted, and there's desperation, there's injustice, there's cruelty, there's grace, there's love, there's kindness, there's bitterness. The, the police officer that's hunting him down, Gervais, he's hunting him down, trying to find him after he escaped and came up with a new name and, and helped people and ended up becoming very wealthy and he's still hunting for him and still hunting for him. It, it really is an amazing story. And really the, the greatest lesson is just forgiveness when you think about it. But there's something about a good story. This prayer of Moses here that we're looking at in 
Psalm 90. Some commentators have linked it with uh, verse, Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, which starts off with, the Psalm 90 starts off with, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. have connected that with Deuteronomy 33, 27, and uh, Moses' farewell blessing when he says, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. It's really uh, quite profound there. But we see here in verses 1 through 4, we see the praise toward God Almighty. He is their dwelling place. I, I have, do any of you have the um, chronological Bible? I think it's called the Reese Chronological Bible, amen? The first verse in the Reese Chronological Bible is not Genesis 1-1 or John 1-1. It's Psalm 90, verse 2. It says there, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth in the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. In the beginning, God. Well, that verse says before the beginning, God. Amen. I was just watching a piece on old Ken Hovind today, and uh, someone was asking him where God came from, and he said, God didn't come from anywhere. God's always existed. He is, he is independent of time, space, and matter. Thank God He is. Amen. So there's the praise in verses 1 through 4. And then verses 5 through 11, uh, we have the praise of God Almighty. Verses 5 through 11, we have the problem. What is the problem? The problem is man's frailty. Man's frailty. Each one of us is heading for a date, aren't we? The date with death. And I think about even as Brother Howland was had passed away yesterday, and this dear brother that many of us loved. And he said, Brother Ken, he said, he said, I'm, I visited him just a few days ago. And he said, I've lived 94 years. Great. You know, when you think about it, when you think about, uh, you're talking about reading the obituaries and seeing people 54, 38, 61, he, he was, but every one of us is frail. Every one of us is dying. You think about it, amen? Again, not, not to be morbid, it's just a fact. And he, and he deals with this here. So there's the praise of God Almighty. There's the problem of man's frailty. And then there's the prayer in verses 12 through 17 for God's help. God, just help us, please. We need you. Each of us who are God's children by faith, and that is the way you become God's child. You're not just, we're all God's children by creation, but you become God's child by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen? All of us who are God's children by faith has a story, don't we? Each of us has a unique story. I love testimony time. I really do. Uh, we don't do it as often as I <clears throat> would like, and, and just one of those things you just got to uh, make time. But I remember several years ago, we were up at the campground, and we did a Wednesday night service, and I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, it was raining. So we couldn't do it, Miss Joanne, out in the pavilion where we normally do it, amen. So uh, we just, we, we stay in a little cabin uh, there that they have for, for pastors, and so we just had, said, everybody come up to the cabin and we'll just sit around and we'll, you know, we'll sing some songs and we'll, we'll give a, a, a little 
uh, message. And, and brother, brother Ken, I, Merklinger, I, I, uh, I just got the, the thought, I said, you know what? Why don't we share our testimonies? Why don't we share our testimonies? And at that time, it was, it was several years ago, we had some precious seniors that were camping at that time. The McGee's were with us. And Brother Lowell, and, uh, every time I see you, Brother Anto, I think you're sitting in Lowell's seat, amen, and uh, in, a, in a good way. I'm glad you, you've taken his place there, amen. But Brother Lowell began to share how the Sunday school bus came by. Somebody invited him to a vacation Bible school. He got saved. You know, Brother Stark, you mentioned your family. A preacher came by with gospel tracts, sowing the seed on a Saturday. Brother Stark's whole family got saved because of that. I, my own story is I had a coworker who gave me a gospel tract. Just sowing the seed, amen? The gym, I think of your mom and Antioch Baptist Church. And, and, and by the way, each one of us has a story. For some of you, hey, it's the fact that maybe your parents got saved and you were brought up in Sunday school and the nursery and all that. Praise God. Each one of us has a story. And it says there in verse 9, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. That's true, amen. Then he says this, We spend our years as a tale that is told. I want to preach to you tonight, Lord willing, out of this text, on a tale that is told, or your story. I'm going to share part of my story, but I want you to think about your own story as we look at this. The first thing we see in verses 1 and 2, and we've already hit them, so we'll not linger long, but we will move through the Psalms a little bit today, is that my tale, my story, or your story, is a tale of God's faithfulness. Amen? God's faithfulness. And we see that there in verses 1 and 2. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. You know what, Brother Jeff? Every day of my life, the sun has risen in the east and set in the west. You know why? Because God set it that way. Because God is faithful. Every day of my life, I have been able to breathe the oxygen that God gave to us. Why? Because God is faithful. Hold your place there in Psalm 91. Go back to Psalm 36, please. Psalm 36. Let's just walk through a few of these psalms. Thank you for that amen, Tommy. Psalm 36, are we there? Yep. Amen. And look at verse number 5, please. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. 
Psalm 89, please. Amen. Almost back there to Psalm 90. Psalm chapter 89. How about verse 2? It says, For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy, what? Shall establish the very heavens. If you jump down to verse 33 of Psalm 89, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Great is thy faithfulness. Where do you see that? That's in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. Amen. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not, great is thy faithfulness. When I think of my life, I don't think of my faithfulness at all. I think of my faithlessness. Amen. But when I think of my life, my story, when I come to the end, I tell you what, I will tell people my story is a story of God's faithfulness. You know, we talked about the prodigal this morning. We talked about that one sheep that had gone astray and the shepherd that went to get it. Some of you are that prodigal. You know why? Because God's faithful. Because God's faithful. Some of you are, the very fact that you're in church tonight is a testimony to the faithfulness of God in your life. So, a tale that is told, your story, my story, I'll tell you, my story is a tale of God's faithfulness. Number two, look at verse three of Psalm 90, verse three. It says, thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return ye children of men. Again, this is, it's amazing. It's almost like a companion message to this, this story. Why did the father let the prodigal stay in the hog pen? So he would come back home. So he would return. Somebody said when you're lying on your back, the only place you can look is up. And spiritually speaking, that's very true. Say, what do you see here, pastor? It's a tale of God's faithfulness. I'll tell you what else it is. It's a tale, hey! Of God's kindness. God would have been just to just leave me in the mess that I had made time after time. But as a kind father, you know what he does? He woos me to repent and come back. He doesn't have to do that. He could say, I told you what's right, I told you what's wrong, that's enough. You know, I think of the verse in Isaiah chapter 55. We know the verses uh, that come after it where it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. But I think sometimes we miss the verse that kind of springs those verses. And it's verse number 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Hey, listen, again, as I've been going through this life, I have experienced the kindness of God and we can just stop when it comes to the forgiveness of sins. God was beyond kind to forgive us of our sins. He 
didn't have to do that. He didn't have to send Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. But He did. Amen. And you know what He says? When I go astray, He says, just come back. Come on, just come back. You know, again, thinking about that story this morning, I love that the, the statement, the phrase, it's one of the greatest uh, statements on repentance in the Bible. In verse 17 of Luke 15, it said with prodigal, when he came to himself. And literally, when you, you read that, it said he was, he was basically out of his mind to be in the far country. And what did he say when he came to himself? He said this, my father is kind. My father's so good to his servants. You know what I'll do? Brother Town, he said, I'll just ask to be a servant because I know I'll be treated way better than I deserve as a servant. I think of my life and I, I think of where I was almost 30 years ago and I think of what God has done. Someone was to ask me, tell me your story. I'd say, oh, it's a tale of God's kindness. It's a tale of God's kindness. It's a tale of God's faithfulness. Hey, how about verse number 8 of Psalm 90? Now, this one may scare you a little bit, but it ought to scare us. Verse number 8, it says, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. You say, what is that? It's a tale of what God's sight. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? It means God sees everything we do. That's a little scary. Oh, I think about some of the things that I've done in my life. And I thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for the cleansing blood of Christ that washes them away. I thank, I thank God that though he does see, his eyes behold the evil and the good, that my sins are behind his back. They're in the depths of the sea. They're as far as the east is from the west. It's a tale of God's sight. Hey, young people, nothing is hid from God. Nothing's hid. That's why you got to live your life like an open book. Just, just live your life. I've often said you ought to live your life. If you, if, you have to, if you have to exclude children from areas of your life, there's probably some things you're not doing, you shouldn't be doing. It's a tale of God's sight. It's a tale of God's kindness. It's a tale of God's faithfulness. Look at verses 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. It's a tale of God's days. You know, in Psalm 31, verse 15, the psalmist says to God, My times are in thine hands. God is not only the author of the dates on our tombstone, He is the giver of the days 
that make up the dash. You know, Cotty and I will will travel, and uh, we'll 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 walk uh, up to the cemetery, and we see the the Taverni's grave up there, and uh, we we stop and and we'll we'll look at and and that little Rive Cemetery there has some uh, very old graves. It, r- it really does. And we'll look at some of those dates, and she'll say, "Dad, look at this one. You know, 1862 to, you know." 1938. You'll look at that, and and you know sometimes you you don't think of you think of God as far as listen. God ordered my. God was the one who said, "This is the day you're going to be born." For me, it's January 14, 1972. That was the day I was going to be. He also knows the day that we're going to take our last breath, but he also knows the days that make up that little dash in between those dates. He's the one that's responsible for them. He's the one. And I think about that. I think about the days that I've had. And there's a little poem on that. It's about what's called the dash, and it goes like this. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they had spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real, And always try to understand the way other people feel. Be less quick to anger, show appreciation more, and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering this special dash might only last a while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, Will you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? You know, God is the one who gives us our days. When I think of my story, however long it it is, I've known some amazing people that didn't live a long life, but they lived a real full life. My tale is a tale of God's days. I could point back to that, not only that day of my first birth, but I could point to the day of my second birth where God was my God every day after that. Not that I didn't sin. Oh, goodness, no. Lord, help us. But that he, he was my God. He, I knew He was in charge of the days. 
The tale of God's faithfulness, a tale of God's kindness, a tale of God's sight, a tale of God's days. Look at verse 12. Because we know that our days are few, will soon be cut off the frailty of man. He says there in verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. A tale of God's teaching. My life is a tale of God's teaching. Your story is a tale of God's teaching. When you get to understand, as, as the old uh, line from uh, George Younts of the cathedrals, I've got more days behind me than I have ahead of me, he said. Tell you what, you start, as the Bible says, you start numbering your days. You start redeeming the time. You start prioritizing that which is eternal. He's in heaven now, but again, I was meeting with Brother Howland the other day and just sharing something so precious with me. He said, Pastor, I'm 94 years old, and he, he told me what he was earning last year, and it was a blessing that, that God had blessed him that way and with, with that kind of monetary. And then he said this, Miss Judy, he said, last year, he said, I'm not boasting, Pastor, I promise. He said, I gave $57,000 to missions last year. In his last year of life, Brother Lawley, 93 to 94. You know why? Because he numbered the days. He said, listen, the only thing important is eternal things. You know what? Cars, boats, all that stuff. It's just metal and plastic. And forgive me, it's kindling, if you know your Bible. Second Peter 3.10, God's going to renovate this earth with fire. It's just kindling. Nothing wrong with having things. But too many people just set out with the desire to have things and then things have them. Right. Now, listen, I want my story to be a story of God's teaching. And that is, when, when people will say, hey, did you number your days? I sure tried to. I sure tried to. Didn't always. They get away from us sometimes, don't they? I was just talking to Ryan Hurth last week, and he was mentioning how fast this uh, period of his life had gone by, and I, I kind of smiled like anybody that's a little older does and said, just give it a couple of years, and how quick it goes by. But it has. It, it has gone by. You know what you have to remember to do while it's going by fast is number of the days. Put God first in your life. Put his word, make time every day for his word. Just number the days. I think about how many times I fail God in prayer. You know why, Brother Jeff? Because I didn't number the days. It's a tale of God's faithfulness. Your story, my story. It's a tale of God's kindness. It's a tale of God's sight. It's a tale of God's days. It's a tale of God's teaching. Verses 13 through 15. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years 
wherein we have seen evil. What do you see here? I see a tale of God's mercy. Tale of God's mercy. Mercy, sim- simple, it's, it's a very deep theological concept, but it's a simple definition. All you dads out there, it's Father's Day today. Mercy is when your kids deserve to get it and you didn't give it to them. Now, you can't do that all the time. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, the Bible says, amen. But there are times, I see my kids back there, there are times where they deserved it. And I said to him, Brother Lolly, okay, don't do that again. And he said, humbly, contritely, yes, sir. You know, I think our lives, when we look at our tale, it's a tale of mercy, isn't it? A tale of God's mercy in our lives. To think, and I mentioned this, I was thinking of my dad today, of course, Father's Day, and I think of all the spankings I got, and I got plenty. My dad was, he, he was a quick draw McGraw with that uh, old piece of leather he wore around his waist, amen. But I didn't get it nearly as often as I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Our God has been so merciful. If you want, you want a lesson in the mercy of God, it is June of 2023 in America. Say, what is it? Just look around us. Look, you know, I, I wouldn't dare tell you to watch the news, but if you do, it's going to be ungodly. It's going to be wicked. It's going to be anti-God. And yet, Brother Boston, God doesn't give us what we deserve. By the way, thank God, as Isaiah 1.9 says, for the faithful small remnant that holds back judgment. Except there had been a small remnant. There's always a remnant. Remember in Elijah's day, he thought, I'm all by myself, it's just me. And God said, ho, 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 I got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. There's people all over this land just like you tonight, meeting in places just like this tonight, who love the same God you do. And why? Partly because He is merciful. A tale of God's mercy, a tale of God's teaching, a tale of... God's days, a tale of God's sight, a tale of God's kindness, a tale of God's faithfulness. And then lastly, verses 16 and 17. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. Remember, this is a prayer of Moses. Don't forget that as you read this. It's a prayer. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. He says, in essence, he said, God, we want to we wanna see your working. And we want your glory upon our children. And let your beauty be upon us. See, what is this? Lastly, when we, when we come to the end, when we we begin to get the death rattle, whether we're in a hospital or in our chair at home, we'll look back and we'll think it's a tale of God's blessing. 
My life has been blessed by God. I have been privileged to marry the most wonderful woman that I could have ever married. I think about it. I think about my life back then. I think about how far I was from, from God in those early days, and, and God just blessed me. I think about when I first started reading the Bible, and I think about that. And then going beyond, being in Bible college, I was, I was in Bible college two years after I got saved. And then uh, think about serving at my home church and then uh, serving with Pastor Schott. And I think about the boys being born and then bringing us here and then uh, all the blessings that we've been able to enjoy and, and God giving us Katia and, and all that. And I think about, oh, how he has blessed my life so much. I've been blessed to say, I've seen his work in my life and in other people's lives. I've seen his glory on my children. They didn't have to grow up in a, in a, a home that was not for God. I've seen the beauty of the Lord upon a congregation. I've seen God work each one of us, <laughs> that's amen right there, amen. Each one of us has a story. I say it better this way, each one of us is a story. How about your tale? The, the, the tale that would be told about you. Would it be a tale of God's faithfulness? I would say it would be. How about a tale of God's kindness? Yes. A tale of God's sight. God, God sees. God sees what we do. By the way, we always think of that in the negative. Think about that in the positive. Those things that you do for others that nobody else sees. You know what God said about that? He said, what you do secretly, I'll reward you openly. Tale of God's days. Hey, whether it's 70 years or 80 years, whatever, God's not only in charge of the dates, but the days between the dates. Tale of God's teaching of numbering our days, of redeeming the time, of prioritizing the eternal. Tale of God's mercy, and it's a tale of God's blessing. What a story. What a story that is. Nothing like a good story. Each one of us, Lord willing, is a good story. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness.